coach, broadcaster, and video game impresario, John Madden. I get every game from every angle uh, every week. Why do you want to do that? Just because uh, just you're crazy? <laughs> None other than Deion Sanders Prime. I have three to four suits with me, and I'm having a problem to choose between the crane, which is a cusser. What I mean by cusser, Rich, when you see me, you're going to use profanity. That's how clean this food is. <laughs> My official movie reviewer, Jim Moore. She's a fox. If there's a fox in the movies right now, Myla Kunis is it. I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast. We are not on television this week. Too many preseason games from week number three to re-air on NFL Network. So we are dark TV-wise, but still still doing the audio podcast this week because that is how we roll. And we're going to go old school. Old school. Way back when, uh, just three months ago, <laughs> when we were audio only for the first uh, seven months or eight months of the existence of this podcast. Uh, way back when, when Jason Wormser, our senior producer of NFL Network, way before he went to become the VP of programming and production at the uh, Fox Soccer channel, he will join us here. The longtime uh, friend of this program, big giant fan, big University of Miami Hurricane, too. Lots of football to talk about with him. Kara Henderson, she's coming back. She hasn't been on this podcast in six weeks. Six weeks she's been uh, going to camps. She's been doing some work. She's also going to be the new co-host of NFL Total Access with Andrew Siciliano. And I will still be on NFL Total Access. I'm not going anywhere. This podcast, though, is just going to continue on. And I'll be on Thursday nights for NFL Network's coverage of Thursday Night Football. I'll be on Sundays, Sunday game day morning, game day highlights with me, Mooch, and Dion. I'm not going anywhere. Not going anywhere. We're going to talk uh, Redskins football with LeVar Arrington. He's got a local radio show there in Washington, D.C. He's one of the more outspoken uh, radio presences on the sports radio dial. Lots going on with the Redskins. Are they going to really go into the season with John Beck? Yes, I think they will. How will they fare? What's going on with the Shanahans? What if the Shanahans don't really get it done this year? Could there possibly be a problem there? What happened with McNabb? I want all that from Larar Arrington. He will join us on the podcast. But first up, our information man extraordinaire, our general manager on staff, and as always, on loan from the Bill Simmons <laughs> podcast, Michael Lombardi. How are you, Michael? I'm great. I'm excited to see Worms back on the show. He and I always we hold our podcast over at uh, a sports bar on Santa Monica Boulevard. I don't know. I don't know where that is, well, but it's always good to hang out with. As him. you know, he's one of the best characters of anybody's ever met. I mean, so yeah. so in the podcast when I created this thing uh, a year ago, and it was created by management saying, "Go ahead and do it." I'm like, I got to get him on every week. I got to get him on as much as possible. And then he left me. He left me right in time for the playoffs. Yeah, he left all of us. He is truly a character. There's no question about that. He, he defines it. Let's and start. his G-men are going to give him a headache all year long. You which think will so? Be wonder- you think so? Well, anything gives him a headache. You've watched right. games with him. Right. <laughs> He's like the old man on the porch screaming at the kids to get off his lawn. Exactly. You know? But do you think the G-men are, are really going to give him a headache? Well, 
I think the G-Men are really a good team. I mean, the offensive line is going to have to take a little bit of time to to gel, you know, with Deal moving into guard and Beattie playing over at left tackle. It's going to be a transitional state. The receivers obviously are going to take some time. But I think the huge number one question is, and it was the question before the injuries happened, before Prince Akamora got hurt, before all the the players were gone, I mean, is can they tackle in the secondary? Do they have enough speed in the secondary? And can they play a space game? And are they going to be able to win a space game against a team like Philadelphia who's very athletic and can run? You know, uh, and and I'm going to talk about this with Worm. It just seems that every time that they're counted out, every time that their backs are against the wall, that there's whether it was whether it was Fossil pushing the chips to the center of the table when he was there, or Coughlin in 2007, and he's on the hot seat. Every time that there's something like that, Michael, they they seem to go ahead and 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 survive and thrive in the, under under those conditions. Yeah, and I think ultimately they had great leadership in their locker room at that time. I mean, Michael Strahan took control. I think the one guy they're missing defensively is that ultimate leader that can really help them along. And that defensive line is a really good line, and I think Jason Pierre-Paul is going to be a star. I think everybody's going to learn about him more than what he did on Yahoo doing the the somersaults because he is really an extraordinary athlete, and I think he's going to fill in nicely for OCU Menorah as as he recovers from his injury. But uh, the question again, Rich, is can they cover well enough and they're going to be able to get off the field on critical downs and can they handle it and then ultimately is is Eli Manning going to be able to not turn the ball over yeah uh, and let's start uh, our, our full-on discussion here with the game that you were at for around the league you were physically at Heinz Field watching the Falcons and the Steelers is it would it be too much to say as we are on the cusp of the regular season to say that is a possible Super Bowl preview with those two teams Yes, certainly both teams are the best are, are, are going to be in the upper echelon of, the, of in their conference. I mean, the Steelers really haven't missed a beat, and I think they've gotten better. Actually, their offensive line looked a lot better the other night, even with Pouncey yeah. nicked up in that game. Well, Pouncey, you know, he got hurt in the game, but they need him back desperately, no question. But I think this receiving core is really coming along. I mean, Mike Wallace is outstanding, and then we saw Antonio Brown take a mother may I step forward, and he's as fast as can be. I mean, I asked him after the game, who's faster here, Mike Wallace, and he wasn't giving up anything to Mike Wallace. And I think, in talking to Ben after the game, he was excited about those two receivers to go along with Mendenhall. This offense is is really going to be dynamic and tough to deal with. So how high are you on, on the Falcons? A lot of people are, are think that they, that they could take a, another mother, may I, step forward to use your vernacular. Uh, even though they were the number one seed last year, they got beat about the face and head by the eventual Super Bowl champions. How much better do you think they can be? Well, you know, sometimes even if you're better by your record, you're not necessarily, uh, you know, you may be better by your record, uh, worse by your record, but better as a team. And I, and I think that that could be the case with Atlanta because I think New Orleans is going to be a, a better football team and give them more problems. But the good thing for Atlanta the other night is they protected well. I mean, they really did. Matt Ryan threw 42 passes in the first half, and, and he came out standing. They made some plays. Julio Jones dropped a key, key touchdown pass for him. But they stood toe-to-toe with the Steelers in their pass protection. They really went into the game trying to throw the ball all the way along, and I thought it was rather impressive. I still think defensively they're about a player short because if John Abraham doesn't get pressure, they don't have pressure to get. So I think that's going to be the, that's going to be the fly in the ointment there, and if they have to go on the road and play outside, I still worry about the about the, the Falcons being a dominant defensive team outside. Hmm. So, who do you think is 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 Green Bay still the class of the NFC? Then you think that they are the team to beat and and will win the NFC when it's all said and done? 
I think New Orleans and Green Bay are going to fight for it pretty hard. I think New Orleans is a really good football team. I mean, you saw them get over 500 yards against the Raiders the other night. I think offensively they're they're really tough. They're physical. They're getting better. And with Drew Brees at quarterback, and then defensively, they're a tough team to prepare for. Their scheme's very difficult with Greg Williams leading the charge. So I, I really like them. I think New Orleans is a very – and they're hungry. And I think when you get when you get beat like they did, and I think Sean Payton's using that Seattle game as the poster child for – talking about how they get better as a team, and I think that's really going to motivate his team. So I like them, and I like Green Bay. I think both are really good teams. So that's a big game. That's a tiebreaker, right? Yeah, week one, really week, Game one, week one, right away. I mean, that that could decide where the NFC Championship game gets played if you're playing this out to the nth degree of what you just said. Right, it really could. And you have to be careful because, you know, dome teams, especially a team like New Orleans, a team like Atlanta, that rely on their blitz, that rely on pressure, they're always much more difficult to play at home with crowd noise because you can't really audible, you can't double call things, and you can't get into a better play because the time doesn't allow you to because the noise is so loud in the stadium and the communication is a problem. Yeah, I mean, well, where would you want to be if you have to play for the right to go to the Super Bowl? Would you rather be home in the Superdome, or would you rather be in zero degrees out there in Green Bay? I mean, uh, again, if if we take what you say, that you think those are the two best teams in the NFC, and they get one, two in the seedings, and eventually uh, matriculate their way through the uh, ro- the, the uh, bracket, that what happens on September 8th is... Is huge with lots of long-term implications. No, I mean, these are the two of the best teams playing, and I think ultimately when two of the best teams play early in the season, it does have playoff implications. It really does, and I think it's going to be fun to watch. What do you make of what happened in Detroit uh, between the the Lions and the New England Patriots? What do you what do you make of that game? Well, I think that clearly the situation was that the, the, the Lions used it as a motivating tool, which they should have. And the Lions are making a statement. They're not resting on their their, their finish last year. I think they came out with something to prove that they could really be a, a disruptive force this year, and they're going to have to be one for their schedule. And, you know, they came out and they proved it to the Patriots, and the Patriots obviously didn't match the challenge. And I think it's the best thing that happened to the Patriots because it gives Bill Belichick a chance to be, uh, you know, you need a little setback in preseason, Rich. You can't have everything going smoothly. you got to find out. And he found out about his team, and he's got bad tape to show him. So that's always a good thing. Well, and what, I think that, What did he find that, out about his team? He found out that he had trouble blocking Detroit's front, and that's always going to be a problem. And until they can fix that, you know, Tom Brady's not going to put up the numbers that he's accustomed to putting up. They've got to make sure they can handle the front. Go back and watch the Jet game last year in New England. The Jets' front dominated the game. And I think New England's offensive line has to match the challenge. I mean, Matt Light's first game back, but Dan Conley at right guard didn't play as well. Coppin's going to have to play better. They're going to have to figure out a way to get Nate Solder on the field, who's a rookie tackle. He's a good player. Now, whether he can play guard or not, I don't know. But they, he's one of their best five linemen. They're going to have to figure it out. Well, Plus, it may you may just find out that that very few teams are going to be able to handle Detroit, Detroit's front four. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe we 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 learned that uh, that you know New England obviously may have its issues up front offensively, but uh, this Detroit Lions defensive line could be the best in the NFL. Is that possible? It is, but I'm going to tell you what sleep. What people are falling asleep on a little bit is their front seven's physical. They're fast at the back end. This is not just a defensive line that's good. This is a whole team that's good. It's a little different than the Giants. The Giants have a great defensive line, but they don't match the speed that Detroit plays with in the back end. They don't have that type of explosive speed, tackling, running to the football. The Lewis Delmases and those guys that can make plays. And I think even though both teams, Detroit and New York, are not great at corner, Detroit plays much faster 
as a football team defensively than the Giants do in the back end. And Stafford can spin it when he's healthy, and he looks healthy as an ox right now. He's outstanding. I mean, he's throwing the ball as well as anybody in the league. And, you know, this is this is his time to shine. And the other part that I think is good about Detroit is Scott Linehan, the former Miami Dolphin coach, I mean, the former Ram coach, Miami Dolphin offensive coordinator, is really a good play caller. Combined with Matt Stafford, putting him in the right place, they throw it down the field. They're a little San Diego-ish in how they attack people, and they do a great job with it. Yeah, and Sue as well. I don't know if you heard this. I don't know if you're a Facebooker or not, but he put a video on his Facebook page saying last night was a lot of fun beating up on the Brady Bunch. <laughs> well, I, I think they have to. I think they used it, as I said earlier. They used it as a stepping stone, and, and well, they should. They need to do that. They need to prove to people that they're going to take the step up. Not like Tampa, who the week before said that they weren't really playing that hard against uh, against New England, that they were just working on some things. I think Detroit wanted to show, see where they are as a football team, and they wanted to use it. Cause they have a tough schedule. I mean, you know, look, you got to play Green Bay twice. You got a lot of games that are, that are tough to play, and I think they needed to show their fans and they need to show the organization that they can step up and raise their level of play. You mentioned San Diego-ish. What do you make of San Diego? Um, Gates played. He was healthy. Um, Patrick Peterson picked off um, Philip Rivers in a sequence that we set it live on Around the League. Uh, came out of Rod Graves' dream after Kevin Cobb goes vertical to Larry Fitzgerald, and then the defense gets a pick six from their new top pick. And to me, that's that was Rod Graves, when he put his head on the pillow over the 136-day lockout, he's like, I got to get me a quarterback. I got to go ahead and like make sure Larry's locked up long-term, and I got to make sure that we coach up this young kid, Peterson, when, when we finally get back in. And all three things hit within a span of about five minutes. What do you make, though, of San Diego after that game against the Arizona Cardinals? You know, in talking to people in San Diego, they feel really good that, that this is the first time that Antonio Gates has really been healthy. And he is healthy, and he's going to help them. And I think the running back situation is they're not going in believing that Ryan Matthews is the guy. I think they want Mike Tolbert to play as much as Ryan Matthews, so that helps. And Vincent Jackson being back the whole season. I, I think this is as good offense as there is in football. Their offensive line, all eight players come back with continuity, and they understand what their role is within the team. So I, I think San Diego is a really good team defensively. The concern for them is the same as the concern has been since they drafted Larry English. They have to find somebody who can play opposite of Sean Phillips and rush the passer. San Diego is going to build leads on people. They're going to be able to really create some problems with their offense's ability to score. But if they can't rush the passer, if Sean Phillips is still their only rusher, you know, Merriman has fallen through. Now he's in Buffalo. You know, Larry English has not played near. He's played Vernon Golston-like, Rich. And I think that's really been a concern for them in San Diego. So that, to me, is the key player. They have to find somebody. Now, whether it's Antoine Barnes, who came in last year and played well, that might be the guy. But right now, it's not Larry English. Well, don't forget, it's, it was Rex's fault. With Vernon Golston. <laughs> yes, I right. Don't forget that's what Vernon just said. So it's clearly it's Rex's fault, right? Well, it's never, it's never, you never take responsibility. So that's always important. <laughs> <laughs> so is it an Arizona St. Louis Ram contest in the West? Because Tavares Jackson has looked really substandard to the first yeah. three games of this preseason. I'm really thinking it's going to be a Sam Bradford race. I think he's the best quarterback there. They have the best offense that suits him really well, and I think it's going to be he's going to be tough to beat. I don't know if Kevin Cobb is going to be able to play 16 games as well as he played last week. So 
I'm, my my sense of it is, is I think this is really the Rams division lose. I think they can go five and one within the division. San Francisco doesn't have a quarterback. I, I wrote about this today on NFL.com. You know, before the lockout, they didn't have a quarterback. After the lockout, they didn't have a quarterback. And before the season starts, they don't have a quarterback. So that's a problem. And you know, look, Seattle. They're just a collection of players. I don't know if they're building a team. They're just a collection of guys that haven't been able to gel together. And Tavares, who couldn't perform well in Minnesota with Darrell Bevel, is now up in Seattle for Darrell Bevel, and it's interesting to see how he's going to handle that because right now he hasn't looked that impressive. Yeah, how's that going to, what do you mean by it's a collection of players? What does that mean? Well, well, Rich, it means that you know there's no symmetry to what they're trying to accomplish. It's just a – like. The NFL is not about getting all the best players on one team. It's about finding roles for every player and making sure they play within their role. And I think right now up in Seattle, I see, well, we need this guy, so we'll sign him. We need that guy, we'll sign him. And there's no sense of chemistry or unity or a team-building element. It's all about pieces of players, and you never get a sense of – of building a team up there. And to me, that along with Philadelphia, and I think Philadelphia has done a little bit of the same thing. We talk about the dream team in Philadelphia, but I see a co- more of a collection of players than a collection of talent. And I think that's really what right now, they have to take those players and turn it into a team. And right now in Seattle, difficult. Philly, it's going to be difficult, an easier chance to handle in Philly. Well, why, why can't, I mean, Andy Reid is, is you know, uh, a master at making sure that the pieces fit. I mean, that's what it seems to be that, that that's one of the reasons why Philadelphia seems to be a factor almost every year. Why why wouldn't that work for Philadelphia by week 10, week 11, week 12? Well, you know, they're trying to sort through their offensive line, and all good teams usually don't have to sort through. Look at the Giants' good teams. I mean, their offensive line was in place for a while. And you need continuity in your offensive line. Right now, they're changing their offensive line, and they're changing how they block in their offensive line. Change takes time. Week 10, maybe it is, but they had a hope that Michael Vick's still healthy by Week 10. I think that's the concern in Philadelphia. There's a lot of areas. There's a defense going to be able to match the chess game with Juan Castillo being a defense coordinator who's never called defenses before in the NFL. Now, I've heard all the rhetoric he's been a defensive player, but it's tough to match wits with and be as good as Dick LeBeau is in Pittsburgh and some of, and Greg Williams is in New Orleans. It's very difficult. So right. I think it's going to be a challenge, and I think there's a lot of pieces that are moving in Philly that are going to take more than just 10 weeks of the season to fix. Yeah, and 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 he's also calling the plays through a rookie linebacker too, right? Right. In, and, in, and the, and the, the number he is one Matthews, area, and we, we we all know how yeah. how that family uh, performs when the chips are down. So. Right, and we, we, we tend to think that, you know, the middle linebacker, no big deal. But when you play in the red zone, your Mike linebacker is the most critical player in the red zone helping your defense. If you're a good red zone team, you got a good red zone middle linebacker. And it's tough for rookies to go in there, and especially ones that aren't adaptable to coverage, to play within the red zone. And I think that's going to be a concern. Last year, Philadelphia, you know, essentially they, they got rid of their, uh, of, of their defensive coordinator last year because the red zone production was so bad. And I think it's going to be difficult for them to match and get better as they get a lot of young players on the field, especially mm-hmm. at Mike Linebacker. What do you think about the Cowboys and their performance against the Vikings? You know, I, I like I like Dallas. I like some parts of Dallas' team. I think Dallas is going to have a little bit of a problem uh, covering people. And I think if Rex blitz, if Rob blitzes as much as he likes to blitz, 
then I think it's going to expose their corners, and I think it's going to create some problems, and I don't think it's going to be as easy for them to overcome. They're going to put a lot of pressure on DeMarcus Ware to get, the, to get sacks, and DeMarcus Ware is going to have to carry that defense because scheme-wise, it's going to be difficult to create blitzes, but more importantly, they're going to have to cover people in the back end. Can Terrence Newman do it? Can they, they have enough cover people, especially in the secondary, to handle it? And Mike Jenkins, can he cover? I think it's going to be a question mark. And in the few minutes I have left with you, I want to hit that Niner article as well as um, everybody needs to go to NFL.com for Michael's front office view column about um, the – what is it? XLVI? That's that's 46 for the Romans out there yeah. scoring at home. Uh, the 46 things to look forward to this NFL season. Do you, do you normally – uh, speak in Roman numerals? <laughs> no. Michael, I know you're uh, no, Italian, but I mean... I, I, I know. Uh, usually XLVI. it would be... In, it, it would, if it would be in any numerals, does, does Naples have their own own numerical system? Or do we no, still we go gotta, with... we got to go. we got to go that way. I, mean, <laughs> I have to look. Geez. But no, uh, they wanted me to go with 46 because it's 46 players that dress. And, uh, you know, I, and that that's the beautiful thing about the season. There's so many things to look forward to, and it's just not... A game coming up in the middle of November around Thanksgiving or a game coming up at Halloween. There's so many little pieces that go into the season that I'm excited to see. Now, uh, again, uh, preseason, you try not to read too much into it, but dress rehearsals, you can begin to read into week three. At least Andy Dalton, the the Bengals have been looking horrible, but Dalton took a step forward. I think he he, uh, obviously, going vertical to A.J. Green, can calm some nerves there in Cincinnati for sure. But one team that really has looked horrid, um, and you wrote a column on them as the 49ers. Yeah. I mean, that game against Houston, they got a gift pick six right off the bat. Ahmad Brooks uh, had the ball directly thrown into his breadbasket by Matt Schaub. Texans looked superb other than that. But Alex Smith comes out midway through the second quarter because I guess uh, Harbaugh wanted to, Jim Harbaugh wanted to see what Kaepernick looked like. Then he saw a pick six from Kaepernick. That's all he needed to see. But right before the end of the first half, they get a turnover. Uh, and he sticks Alex Smith back in there, and Smith throws an interception. It, it was horrible. It yeah. just looks. Is this really what a sign of things to come for 49er fans this season? You think? Uh, they don't have a quarterback, and however you want to read into it, that Kaepernick's the future, and Alex Smith's going to get better with his fifth coach. However you want to determine it, and I think Bill Parcell said it best: when a player shows you who he is, believe him. And unfortunately, Alex Smith has showed the Niner fans who he is. And they choose not to believe him, and it's very difficult on Alex Smith because nobody in the locker room is going to have confidence or overcome the interception that he's definitely going to throw at some point in the season, whether he's having a good season or a bad season, he's going to throw interceptions. And that confidence is going to be waned. And I think the 49ers miscalculated that they could win their locker room over. It's very difficult to do that because the players have a perception of Alex Smith. He needed to go somewhere else, Rich, to really so restore then why, how, how did this, again, because minor fans that I know of are like pulling their hair out of their head when they it, certainly when they hear that Alex Smith is still a problem within the locker room or he's still a problem within the organization. How wouldn't you think with if that is the case that you bring in a new head coach who is the offensive guru? Wouldn't you think this would be the perfect time to just clean it out and start from scratch again? Because if this is a problem, won't that eventually leak into the way the team feels about Harbaugh? Technically. Oh, well, 
I do think it's a problem. I think when you hire a new coach, it's the perfect opportunity to clean out. Now, Alex Smith's not a locker room problem. He's, he has no confidence from the players in the locker room. I want to be clear on that. He's a good kid. He works hard. He does his job. However, the players don't get a sense of confidence. And I think really the mistake was made. When you hire a new coach, you have a chance to set the coach's tempo, and it looks like he's running the program. And San Francisco clearly did not think they had exhausted every avenue of evaluation on Alex Smith. They truly believed with a better offensive coach they could make this guy a better player. And then they drafted Kyle Kaepernick thinking that they had the quarterback for the future. So they had the plan was Alex Smith plays now on a one-year deal at $5 million, which is probably $3 million more than any other team in the league was going to pay him. So they overpaid him by $3 million. If they gave him $5 million a year on a one-year contract, then – they drafted Kaepernick, and I think if you're a Niner fan, you're really not sure about Kaepernick, and you know Alex Smith isn't your quarterback, and you're just probably driving to the stadium on, on Highway 101 thinking, you know, we're probably going to see, uh, we're probably going to see Mr. McCown play quarterback because that's who's going to be in the game, and I think that's the concern, and I think ultimately Jim's mistake, Harbaugh, I think he should have come in and demanded a new quarterback, demanded to work with somebody else because he needed to put his era, his administration, on what's moving forward. But when you have some people that in the building that still think Alex Smith can play, it's tough to convince people otherwise. Wow. All right. Thank you very much, Michael. Rich, it's I always a pleasure. It. I appreciate it. NFL.com is where you can find Michael Lombardi's front office view. You can also find him here and also on Bill Simmons' podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Rich. Uh, you know I love tweaking you about that, Michael. I know. You know I love tweaking you about that. You're the best. When do I see you next? When do you, when do you come I will in? Be in? I will be in L.A. on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. There so hopefully go. I'll see you. All right. That is Michael. Thanks, you bet. That is Michael Lombardi joining the Rich Eisen podcast. Now let's talk Redskins football specifically. And uh, on the phone right now is a man who went to three Pro Bowls in his time with the Redskins. He's got his own radio show on the fan, 106.7 DC Sports Radio, the aptly titled The LeVar Arrington Show. Welcome to the Rich Eisen Podcast. LeVar Arrington, how are you, LeVar? I'm wonderful, Rich. I, I appreciate you having me on the show, man. No, listen, I, I appreciate what you do uh, there in Washington, D.C. You're a longtime friend of this network, LeVar. You were part of our first Super Bowl coverage. Do you remember that in Houston? I certainly do. Had a great time. I think you, get you back out there more. Were you on a motorcycle, if I remember correctly? And I did stay on it, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yeah, some some players have had issues uh, staying on it in in, uh, in recent years. So I was retired. So okay, that's true. That's true. You were well within your rights to 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 go on one. Um, so uh, let, let's get right down to it. The quarterback situation in Washington. So many people think this is a, a disaster in the making. Where do you stand on this right now? I, I'm not sold on uh, either one of the guys. But I, I will say this, as, as harsh a critic as I have been uh, with, with the whole quarterback situation and some of the other things that has surrounded this football team, it seems as though the guys are responding to, to Mike Shanahan. And we all know his, you know, we know his resume. So before I start going one way or the other, I'm going to sit back and wait and see what color the wall is going to be after it gets, gets going because for now, you know the third third preseason game against uh, a you know a Ravens defense that is considered to be you know coming into the season one of the top defenses. That's the dress rehearsal, Rich. You go into a game like that and they didn't just do well; they smacked the Ravens in the mouth. And and so to me, 
if they can get a running attack going like they have and keep establishing that, you know, I, I think they can get away with whoever it is that they use at quarterback, whether it be Beck or Gross. Yeah, I mean, Hightower's looked stupendous. He's looked awesome, oh, Tim Hightower. Jeez, talk about talk about a uh, fine. I mean, I, I love Bonnie Holiday, great leader, great professional, but, you know, he is a little – he's getting up there in age, and you get a young running back that comes in and plays the, the way that Tim Hightower is playing right now. Plus, he's got dreadlocks, Rich, and you know I love guys that play hard with dreadlocks. <laughs> yeah, he's rocking the dreads, and, and he seems yeah. to have that that one cut, that style that fits the Shanahan. I know TD, Terrell Davis, always hates to refer it as the system, but he, yeah. does, seem to, he does seem to be a perfect fit with what they want to do running the football. He does seem that way. Well, you know what, Terrell Davis, he's allowed to feel that way because he's the pioneer of it. And so it's, it's okay for him to, to, to have a certain type of feeling about it. And no one can take away what he was able to accomplish. So that, that goes without saying. But when you look at what Tim Hightower is bringing to the table, I was wondering all last year, when are we going to see that, that, that potent, patented run system that, that Mike Shanahan ran in Denver? And we never quite saw it. They never really committed to trying to run the ball the way they should have. And lo and behold, Maybe it was because they didn't have the horse in the backfield that they needed. No knock against Clint Portis, no knock against Ryan Terrain or Keelan Williams. But the bottom line is what we're seeing out of Tim Hightower is someone who gets the ball. They're stretching the blocking zone the way that they do, and, and he's getting downhill. As soon as he sees that hole, he's getting downhill. And then they got another guy behind him named Roy Hallou, who might be faster than Tim Hightower, it might get downhill quicker than he does. So you're talking about two potential guys, and if they keep Terrain or Evan Royster, you're talking about a backfield by committee that if this offensive line is able to hold up and, and continue to improve, because that's been the main focus, because they haven't been very good for so long. If they can continue to get better, Rich, it could be pretty interesting in the NFC East. Yeah, well, I mean, interesting could be the operative word in the other direction, too, LeVar. Because, I mean, because, because I mean, here's the scoop. Um, if, if Hightower is the guy, that would be gravy. But if he is a guy who needs to who needs to be the man because the quarterback is not the guy who can go ahead and get it done. This has, this has trouble written all over it. You know what I mean? Like Hightower's never been that 300 carry guy to carry a team. And if they are depending on him and Hilu to go ahead uh, and, and carry this team because Beck and Grossman are the game managers or that's what they have to do. Uh, how, how can that survive in the NFC East over 16 games? Well, well don't you think that kind of refers back to Shanahan's days in Denver as well? <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of positives that you can take out of it, but if you really look at what Mike Shanahan did during the course of his time in Denver, uh, Terrell Davis was his only Super Bowl running back in that back uh, system. And, and what do we look at as the reason why is, the same thing that you just did, Rich, is you have a team that has to rely on being able to get wins with their defense and with their running attack, and we've only seen that happen with, with a couple of teams, and, and the most notable being that 2000 Ravens team. So can they do it? it it's possible. 
it's certainly possible because this is the NFL, and if you're able to, to get get a groove and, and you're able to find that that sweet spot of, of what, what you're capable of doing, then, yeah, they, they possibly can be a factor. If they can't, then, yeah, you're right. I mean, after he lost John Elway, he didn't have a quarterback that was able to do what he needed to do along with that running attack to get them past, what, the first round of, of the playoffs? Right. I think he won one playoff game after after John Elway left. So that, that goes to his resume as well. So we'll have to wait and see. But regardless of those things, Mike Shanahan has shown that he can have success. No doubt. And that's, that's what's very important here because with everything that has taken place here, it's more, it's more important to get the culture and, and get an identity. I'd rather us come up short as a team with a team that is, is, is building an identity than have a team that we, we have no idea what they're trying to do. And if they win, it's, we don't really understand why they won. Or if they lose, we're, we're down on the team. So at least the man has come into place, and, and Dan Snyder seems to be out of the way and, and is letting Mike Shanahan kind of kind of chisel out this team the way that he wants to chisel it out. And for the first time, we see an identity being formed, which is they're trying to run the ball. And, and, and to me, that's very important. If the defense is able to, to step up and, and be a force and a factor, again, yes, it could go the opposite way and be – one of those those type of things where you see a team struggle, and we fully anticipate the team struggling anyway. So that 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 goes without saying. But I did not think that we could sit here and be talking about them actually having a chance to be a factor, and that's what's exciting. Yeah, well, here that, and that's why this is one of the more interesting teams, not just because of 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 who they are. Obviously, that that adds to it, and how much the the, the city uh, just uh, eats, breathes, sleeps. The, the football team that uh, yep. that obviously is fantastic. Uh, it's just fascinating to me because if they do go ahead with John Beck or Rex Grossman and win nine games, win ten games, go ahead and prove the Shanahan system still works, that would yep. be so unexpected. It would be one of the stories of the year and very <laughs> exciting possibilities. That said, Lavar, you tell yep. me because I've been I've been you know Redskins fan friends of mine. They are on pins and needles because of sort of what you just said. Dan Snyder, for the first time, has handed the reins over. I mean, and and not even having somebody behind the scenes or some guy that's perceived to be his man. I mean, this is it. He has handed the reins over to the Shanahans. And he has handed the reins over by Shanahans, plural. He's got a head coach whose offensive coordinator is his son. If it doesn't work out, how does the dad fire the son? And if it doesn't work out, will Snyder ever give the reins to somebody else again? And how will this not work out if the quarterback situation is potentially disastrous? And it is disastrous in reality. That is what really has Redskins fans on pins and needles on this one, LeVar. Uh, You sound like us. We get accused for being haters of the team when we point out those very uh, real situations. I mean, anytime you have uh, a, a child, a sibling, or, or anyone that, yeah, that is... That's a rough one. Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. And, and, and 
you gotta let's let's think about it. Rich Eisen is has a, has his son working with him on on NFL Network, yes. and he's doing this and he's doing that and X, Y, and Z. Rich Eisen has the the idea that at some point in time, there's a possibility that my child will be able to do what I'm doing or do it to a larger capacity. So why wouldn't we think that Mike Shanahan is thinking the same exact way, whether it be the Washington Redskins team or whether it be another team because of how well they did here? I think that there's a a level of, of, you know, confidence, and some could say it's perceived arrogance for him to do that, knowing that this is the type of market that will – tear you up in one second, but love you in the other. I, I mean, he has put himself in, in an interesting predicament. But with that being said, Mike Shanahan, really, if you think about it, he has nothing to lose. If, if it works, he's a genius, he's brilliant, and his son is set to be whatever it is that he's going to be. If it doesn't work, you got your son some, some good experience. He may go back a little bit. There may be some regression there, but I would assume because of the respect for that family name, he'll still get another opportunity. And Mike Shanahan already solidified what his legacy is within the NFL as well. So it's kind of a if – you, if you really break it down from Mike Shanahan's perspective, he's making a S-load of money. <laughs> he's the coach again. He has his son with him. And if it works, He's the man. If it doesn't, then you walk away. Son tries it again. He goes to Mexico and gets some rays and, and gets a little different shade of orange. And that's what he does. What happened with McNabb last year? Give me the inside scoop here, LeVar. I've heard so many things about Kyle and the offense and, and McNabb's grasp of it and, and all that craziness with the cardiovascular endurance and... Uh, what what happened? Can you can you tell us the, the what what went down with McNabb last year in the Shanahan's? Well, what I, what I got from players that that I know that that were were in the locker room and, and, and as close to the situation as they could be was that they just really didn't like that. For one, they they questioned Donovan McNabb's work ethic. They they questioned the fact that he would do his time and go home. He wasn't the first one in or the last one to leave. Uh, they they did not, you know, there was a lot of stories about the wristband gate where he didn't want to wear plays on his wrist and, and different things like that. So I, I think what we had was a classic case of an established superstar player within the league dealing with an established superstar coach in the league. And I think that when it came down to it, Kyle Shanahan is younger than Donovan McNabb. Is he going to really get into Donovan McNabb's face and his chest and tell him what he needs to do and what he isn't doing without getting pumped back by Donovan McNabb? Probably not. So I think what happened was, you know, something had to have happened, a rift between Kyle and, and, and Donovan, and Dad had to step in. And after that situation took place, the reasoning that that was given as to why McNabb wasn't going to be a great fit for this team was the fact that he did not run the offense the way that they wanted him to run it. And here's the thing. After seeing the way Beck and Grossman are are playing in preseason, it makes more sense. I I would have liked for them to have been more uh, forthcoming with their information to to the media and to the fans because I believe the fans deserve this after everything they've been through dealing with the ups and downs of this team. But all they had to do was say that. And, and, and what it comes across as, Rich, is there's a guy that has to run this offense that is more, I don't want to say robotic, 
but but very very uh, locked in and precise to exactly how uh, Kyle and Mike want their offense to be ran. And I think that they take a lesser of a player and put him in that position to run their offense if he's going to do it precisely the way that they want it to be done. And and I think that that's what happened with Donovan McNabb and the Shanahan's here in, in Washington. Yeah. Brass tacket for me. How many wins for the Redskins this year, LeVar? You know, I give them a ceiling. I, I, after saying this preseason, at first I said they'll improve upon last year maybe by one to two games. So I gave them a seven, eight-game winning winning year. Uh, I, I think after seeing what they've been capable of doing this preseason, I'll add one more game as a ceiling, Rich. I'll give them nine wins this year. I don't think I'm confident in going over nine wins because I look at their schedule. They're going to have to play their tails off in the first half of the season. If they can get off to a really fast start and get get to a, a, a six, six, five, six wins out of those first eight games, then they have a chance to not only finish at with nine wins, they may even have a chance to push for the playoffs. It's crazy as that may mm. Wow. But if they don't get that going, in my opinion, now this is my assessment, if they're not able to get close to, to that eight wins by by halfway mark and play some solid football going to, down the end of the stretch, you got to think about this. At the end of their schedule, they have the Giants, they have the Patriots, they have Philadelphia, and, and I, I mean, that's going to be rough for any team, whether you're a winning team or not. That's going to be tough to win under under those those circumstances, no matter what your team is. So I think that they got to get off to a quick start. They can get off to a quick start. Then if they can steal one or two games in, in that second half of the season, then, you know, I, I can see them getting to nine wins. All right, so, so who has more wins, the Redskins or Penn State this fall? Oh, come on, man. Well, the, the, uh, what, what? 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 When you're looking at this from a realistic standpoint, what? I think that you have to go with the alma mater uh, over. Uh, all right. Okay. Jopa? I mean, Jopa? Out there too quick, you know. Joe still in it. No, no, I know. If I had told you, if I had told you when you went to school that Jopa would outlast Muammar Gaddafi in 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 their respective reigns, would you have believed it that Gaddafi would have been out before Jopa? Matt, you know us as as uh, sports commentators. Yes. We're, even as a former player, we're supposed to stay away from politically uh, no. uh, conversations. But I'll tell you what, yeah. I will not have thought that was going to happen. I would not. Now they're coming for his head, and and Joe Paul, all he's doing is nursing a stress fracture. You, you know, that's okay. just the that's the luck of the draw sometimes, Rich. Levar, <laughs> <laughs> I may have to call you up a week of the Michigan Penn State game. We we may have to have another conversation that week. We hey, hey, you know, I'll talk as much trash to you and that I maze love it. And, and yellow. Yeah, you know, I don't like to use the real maze. colors. Maze. Maze. It's maze. Yeah. It's maze. I don't yeah. want to correct you, LeVar, but it's maze and blue. Okay. You know, I just, I just You're just blue and white. That's it. You're just blue white. and white. Or, you That's know. right. Didn't we have more records than you last year? Oh, boy. See, that's my problem is I keep talking enough, and then all somebody has to do is say scoreboard, and that's the problem with Michigan football these days, LeVar. Didn't they kick your, your coach out of uh, – what's the place where you guys play in that? Ann Arbor or something like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rich Rod, Rich Rod had to beat it on down the line. It's Brady Hoke now. 
Look out. It's Brady Hoke. Oh, it's, yeah, we're Hokamania is coming to Ann Arbor this year. It's going to be fantastic. Hokamania. Hopefully, you guys capture uh, the rain that was coming down and make sure it doesn't evaporate before you come through those Nittany lines. I love it. Hey, LeVar, thanks for calling in. Uh, everybody in the D.C. area, listen to uh, 106.7 The Fan, the LeVar Arrington Show with Chad Dukes, 2 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern every day. Uh, Extreme Precision, X-T-R-E-M-E, Precision.com is your state-of-the-art football training system. So, yeah, have you checked it out? Have you checked it out, Rich? I, I have not, Lavar. I only use stuff that I get for free, so that's oh, okay. that's why well, I got in this business, you know. Well, it's not going to help you run a faster forty. And <laughs> what the I will tell you this: okay, if, if you're if you're if you're expecting someone to be better fundamentally at playing the game of football. They need to go check out ExtremePrecision.com. It's going to change the way football is played. I promise you that. Thank you, LeVar. I appreciate it. I look forward to chatting with you down the line. All right. Sounds good. Appreciate it, buddy. You bet. LeVar Arrington, everybody. LeVar Arrington on the Rich Eisen Podcast. This is old school stuff. We have old school material for you here. Please to welcome back to the podcast the one and only Kara Henderson. You've been on Walkabout from this podcast for like how long have you been on walkabout well, i've been back to football is what i've been doing rich i don't know what you've been doing but i've been back to football you i've been pulling been two a days it's the, the running joke that the two days have been outlawed but right. not for us we're, we're back to football we're, we're back happy to football to do it. right but it, it, it's been very difficult to find an, uh, a time for you to come back home to you the know, podcast that's, that's true that's true but you've been busy too you've had a lot of people on so you know it's hard to wedge me in that's not true the, um... you're quite a piece of talent <laughs> <laughs> and uh, look who's back on the Rich Eisen podcast. Another original. The champ is back. You know what Dion says? The you worm. know Dion Roy rolls in at 10 o'clock at 10.02, mm-hmm. and he hasn't done his picks yet. Yeah. And it was, the champ is here. That's the you. Champ is- no, no. James, I- Jason Wormser. No, no offense to the great Dion Sanders. Sanders. Yeah, he's only Hall of Famer, two-way sports star. When it comes you to the podcast, well, I'm the champ. You are. You are the champ. Yes. You are a champ. You are the champ. Uh, you're also, what's your title with Fox Soccer? What I am uh, vice president of production. You're VP? VP of production, yeah. Vice president Jason Wormser is here. A heart, your heart beat away from the president. By the way, back to fo- <laughs> uh, of, <laughs> That's a good one. Fox Soccer. Is, yeah, how it's is the good. chain of command there? Uh, Would you be, you know. I'm the third in line. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's the Secretary of State, isn't that? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, no, the, you're the, no, that's the Speaker of the House. Speaker of the House. Speaker of the House. That is the question that speaker it always gets asked. Yeah. You're the Speaker of the House at mm-hmm. Fox Soccer. Yes. Uh, <laughs> formerly also of NFL Network. Yes. You were you were here from the beginning. Yes. The podcast. Show the beginning one. Of the show one. Show one. Mm-hmm. Every one. You were until Very, you and then you left me. Then I left you. Our one year anniversary is coming up in two weeks. I know. Can't believe it. That's gonna be great. What do you think now? I got my shower curtain. My podcast shower curtain. Can I have you like that? Because it'd be great for the downstairs shower. Be fantastic. Well, you'd need you'd need a guard, a shower curtain guard as well. Yeah, because right? you, you got to put this on the outside. Right, because you, you don't want you don't want this to to get wet. You you want this to be on the outside. Wow, that's very nice. The visual's and, getting freaky now. I'll be honest. I got I kind of like. And it. how about this? Oh, you got to see all the cameras here too. You got it all working. Yeah, I like the cameras. It's nice. I need a few. I think we're going to get a couple of these. We got some housekeeping as well. Uh, uh, Spoon is not here with us because he's he's running around for Sunday game day morning. Do we button this up? People have people have been all over for the last six weeks about about the kindergarten teacher. Uh, Fixed him up. Yeah, she fixed him up with the 
uh, Tate's, uh, her son's kindergarten teacher. Really? Yeah, well, it was actually not his kindergarten teacher. It was the kindergarten teacher for the other class. But that's, right, cool she didn't want, that's right, because she didn't want it to be hey. awkward. Well, yeah, because it would be awkward because his kindergarten teacher is married. What? So that would be very awkward <laughs> oh. if I hooked up. I know. She's like that Julie Andrews. She's the coolest. She's like, she's mm-hmm. got the very prim and proper. She's wonderful. Yeah. But he's going into first grade now, you know? Oh, okay. And do we know? I don't know anything about the first grade teachers because since the kindergarten teacher <laughs> didn't, work, I mean, didn't work, didn't out. work apparently. Didn't work I out. haven't That's asked, and I figured if he wanted to tell me about it, he That's would the tell me. But, oh boy. but hey, go. but they had you know. Well, if, if, as long as they're enjoying themselves, that's mm. that's all that matters, right? I, so, are we going to get into your dating life? I mean, is it your Fox Soccer now? It's you very, probably, you've it's, been in Winnipeg. Here, he's been in Winnipeg. I was just in the Which ladies is, and gentlemen. I've been in, in Winnipeg, Canada, in Manitoba, eh? And let me tell you. Oh dear! You know is what, this the Canadian you know what, version you know of what, Nigel Spackle? You know what, what was that going to be? Know, do you know what Canadian? You know what Winnipeg is in Canadian? No. Very flatland. It is one. I thought there was going to be a punchline there. No, it was just actual geography. That was that was a topographical joke. It, it was. It's a very flat <laughs> place. They're, they are, and this is no joke. I go out. There's a, a river that runs right by my hotel. The Winnipeg River. There, I, I don't know what the river is named. By the way, they have in that in that in that province. Mm-hmm. There's like a 500 mile lake, no joke. 500 miles. What were you doing in Winnipeg? Well, it's very complicated because oh, we have a new show. I don't show. have much time. We have a new show. That's true. Fox Soccer Report every night at 10 <laughs> Eastern Time. Right. It is produced in Canada, in Winnipeg. It's a very complicated. Bizarre okay. situation. So you had to go up and, and, and check, uh, check on the Winnipeg troops. We want to see how they are. They Were you patent like? Did you slap no, some Winnipeg they people are across so the face? Hardcore soccer. It's and they, they, you know they just got the Jets back. The hockey yes, team. they did. And they are so psyched in that town oh, to have hockey back. And these guys, they don't. They are clueless. They don't even know anybody on the team. They could care less. Right. They are soccer weirdos. We can't. I to mean, the end. We don't. Do we really only have you for eight more minutes? Something like that. Do you turn I mean, we into a pumpkin about, in eight minutes? We could talk about got... the lakes of Winnipeg and, and but the, they the, are, the return not, of the no Jets. Joke. No? no joke. No. No joke. I run. I go out for a run. I have a little a card from the hotel. Hey, go follow this trail. So you went all the way around the lake? I went, That's a I really went, long I went one. 6.2, <laughs> I went 6.2 miles or whatever it was. Okay? Very slow. Way to go. Tortoise-like. Anyway, I cannot tell you how many times I went by people with their dogs or they're on yeah. their bikes. They all wave. Everybody waved, and I—it's so. Who like, did they think you were? Well, I'm just an average American, just kind of enjoying their city. Okay, and I just and they waved, waved, and I waved back, and hi, and it's like, and they—they they, they have no idea how like patently unfriendly you really yeah. are. No, deep down. it's not true. I love Canada, eh? I do. Uh oh. <laughs> so if Nigel Spackle if he had a cousin who lived in Winnipeg, oh, what be... would his name be? <laughs> what would just, his name I think be? Mo. Mo Spackle. Yeah, it'd be Mo. Is he of the of the Winnipeg Spackles? There is a large English and Scottish community and French community in Winnipeg, as I found out. <laughs> Does he have like a little bit of a different kind of accent? If he's no, he's Canadian. So he's got a Canadian accent. Yeah. Okay. But you said Again, British, and it, I didn't know. You know, we love our organization. We're going against all odds to make make sure oh, that dear we're the God. Yeah. yeah we're the top. We're the, wow. we're the top of the you know top of the charts. That Let's sounds talk like that the, sounds like an Australian Barry Melrose right there. Well, they all talk like they all have funny things about them. So, what what, what do you have on your mind, Karen? What do I have on my? What do you mind? have that you that 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 you the last six weeks of football that you want to get off oh, gosh. your chest? Nothing. 
oh, there's lots of things to, you know, but I, how do I pick? You gotta, you gotta know. set me up better than that. Uh, you you should you know go. not to. I should know not to go macro. Well, on no, yeah, go, go, I mean, well, gosh, no. I've been just do Eagles. Just uh, they, they just oh, do gosh, that ridiculous. No, they, talk about that. Uh, they dream team. You know, that's that's bad media, lazy media. Why? Just it's just the dream team. It's so stupid. Who'd want to have? That's the last thing Andy Reid wants. Is that? Is I know. That label. Well, I know. It's everyone is going to be gunning for them. They don't. I'm telling you. It's going to cost him a game or two. Even if Vince Young didn't throw away the Dream Team line, people would have been gunning for him because of how many big-name free agents they signed. That's a big splash. That's a lot. It's, of, it's I mean, a lot. Yeah. And they would have been gunning for them anyway. They're the yeah. division leader. Yeah. Don't you gun for the division leader? You're, sh- you're supposed to. That's your goal. So You would imagine. Maybe, so maybe it's just bad media that because it's catnip. It's catnip. It's lazy media. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, of course. Got nothing else. If you were still here at NFL Network, you would have you would have spiked it from the rundown. Of course not. You'd have played it up. Absolutely not. No, of course not. Mm. It it shouldn't. It It sounds like it sounds like bitter, bitter, bitter giant fan who's lost pretty much everybody from the secondary. Yeah, it's been. It was that Monday night was pretty bad. That was a. That last a, Monday night. That was it. Last Monday night was a horror show against the Bears. Complete horror. But they show. still won by a, doesn't a matter. Points. I don't care. Who cares? No one. No one remembers that. Right. Who, who remembers that? Oh, the the Saints are or the Saints three and zero in preseason. No, they're two no. They lost to the Texans, but or, they look very the impressed against Owen, the Raiders. Or, oh, wait, well, if you remember, the Lions went four and zero one year and then went zero and sixteen. Right. Yeah. yeah. They lost even the the bye week. Right. It was so bad. I just got the three minute mark with you. Can we? Should we tell people where you're going? Sure, we In can three tell minutes. people where I'm going. Kara Henderson is going to go um, on the set okay. of NFL Total Access, where she is the new host wow. of the program, along with Andrew Siciliano. Yeah. Wow. And go through rehearsals. Oh, that's good. And then I get to do Total Access with you later. Yes, you do. Which is, it's, it's, it's very odd strange. On the it's day, a very yes, odd day. Yes, yeah, it's an odd day. You can make fun of Andrew because he likes not. the Browns. Bad helmet. He can, he likes bad helmet. He He's likes a bad huge helmet. bad helmet fan. So there you go. Oh, some, see, I'm finding some... I'm learning things about my new co-host. We're gonna have to have both of us on here, button this up, like over the next couple of weeks, right? Like a, a what, what are we buttoning up? You're leaving us. I'm and, not. Leaving. I mean, I know you still I have am a not role. Leaving the program. He wants to still have a role. I am, that I am we're hosting like, either. If you're leaving, what are you doing? I'm ho- I'm doing this podcast. Okay. Uh, Thursday I don't know if you know he's got a podcast. I don't know if you're aware of it. Thursday night. Wait a minute. Hold on a minute. Uh, Thursday night football. That starts in November. What about that? Today is. uh, We're still in August. Right. Okay. Uh, Sundays. Sundays again. We're we're in the morning and Sunday morning and after NFL game day highlights with me, Dion, and Mooch. The uh, the the, and this podcast. The 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 podcast. This podcast. Yes. As you can tell by all the cameras that are trained on us right now, multimedia, multi-platform. This doesn't just come out of the ether. There's a lot of planning involved. Okay. I will uh, say what this. What is done on this I podcast will, this. will be on total access. I, I will say this that that the four hour Jerry Let Lewis, the no this. longer Jerry Lewis telethon mm. in the morning, yes. that can wear you out. That, I mean, it, is four, a, it is a long yes. morning. It is a long morning. And it's, it's a and long it's not, preparation and process. You know and hold on a minute. On top of that, let's say um, I interview Mike Vick okay. week two, right. leading up to the Falcons game right. on the Rich Eisen podcast. Right. I don't know if you're aware I have one of them. Wait a minute. Yeah. You don't think that that's going to show up on NFL Total Access? So we're going to have to have a little, we're going to have to have a little think... brawl about who gets these interviews. That's what I'm saying. That's not true. Yeah. That's right? not true. No, there is no. I mean, I know he wants, his, I, well, he wants his role. It's all teamwork. It's he wants his role on Total it's Access. Be, it's but be... Don't take my interview oh. from me. Oh, yeah. Right? Wait a minute. We're going to no, have no, a little no. sparring match here with that. No, if you get Vic and I don't, that's fine. Right. Well, you know. Come on. 
It's no, not, it's we'll not miss a you. Well, you got we'll a lot of you. Well, you got <laughs> really a lot of time. You got a, it seems like you have a lot of time on your hands. You know, <laughs> what, what, what do you mean time on my well, hands? Well, you'd have, you know, we could get, What are you talking about? Well, he'll have, have some soccer no, for us. I mean, he'll only have he'll only have Monday, Wednesday, no. Thursday, no. Friday and Saturday. No. Yeah. Cuz he's got to work Sunday. And then once the game starts, he'll he'll have he'll have to travel on Wednesday and I'll Friday. Be here. I will be here almost every day of the week. Really? You'll see me. Absolutely. Working. The podcast is every day? Yeah, my goodness gracious. You guys are on fire today. That's, it's I'm actually looking. For, it's so good to have fire. you back, Worm, because you just ask questions that you know. No, you well, just stir it up. The best yeah. part is I'm just a consumer now. Meanwhile, I'm a normal, the, the, I'm a the, the, the new total access is going to fall to shreds because you're not there on time for your. You should probably just go. Your, oh, you're uh, right. Is it is it well, past we'll time? We'll talk. We can okay. catch up on yeah. football. Oh, good. Other things. Yeah. We didn't even really get to talk about what. I'm, I'm upset. I felt like I'm just you know. I'm just ancillary to this conversation you're not, right now. You're not. You're 50, you're 33, 33, no, and then uh, a third. This is, yeah. Right? Yeah. Or this will is, you come back? Yeah. Okay. I only come, when I'm invited. Because I hear about you. When I'm invited, yeah. I come back. Have I said no? Because I. The only times I've said no is when I really. No, when you're, you're in Winnipeg. Got, I mean, if you're, you're in Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Or you got Chelsea's hey, blowing which, up. Wait a minute. Who's Chelsea? By the way. By the way. Chelsea lately. We're going to have football and football coming up. I like that. You could tell you could tell the, the consumers September about that. September eighteenth. But will you will There's you let me know soccer. how the, the dating life is going? I oh, know, okay, I, I know you gotta go quickly. Quickly. Okay, here's the analogy. There's been a they haven't had rain in Texas oh, in dear. how long? Drought. Let's see. And on that note, I'm gonna. Kara Henderson's it. out. Peace out. There you go. Peace out, people. Kara Henderson off to the NFL Total Access rehearsal. For the all do you want to do you want to come in because I know you have a role, some kind of you know role. What? This is do you wrong. Come this is wrong. Now? This is wrong. This is wrong. Just because you know a man pours his blood, sweat, and tears into something for eight years and wants to try something else, and the network believes in him to try something else. Okay, what's wrong with that? No, that's that's called leverage. That's, that's no, it's right. not. No, it's not. It's hey. not called leverage. This show is fun. This show is fun. Oh, and Kara's coming pass back. In here. Hold on. Kara Henderson. There she goes. She left her pass. Uh, you want to talk football? Yes, let's please do. As I'm sure half the people have listened to this conversation for the last 20 minutes. Uh, how concerned about your Giants are you? It's uh, well. Let's see. They have only two decent defensive backs, of which one has always hurt. That are left healthy. Right. They have no middle linebacker. Uh, the defensive line is pretty good. Uh, offensive line, un, you know, we you have you have new center, new left guard, new left tackle, or guys who've been moving in different spots. So there's uncertainty there. You have no fullback. You have no tight end. We have no third wide receiver right now. Our special teams, although they were very good last Monday, very good. They are have and have been a disaster over many years. Right. For this organization. But every time that there's a disaster, they go ahead and win, make hey, the playoffs. I think that's win the one. Super Bowl. They are, they nope. love their role. You know They're that perfect. Coughlin this exactly... loves, this, loves this role. So why wouldn't you be, obviously you want, I, you want your guys I, healthy, I, I understand just, that. But. You cannot compete in the NFC, or in, 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 even with that schedule that they have. You cannot compete in the back end of the year when you have the following. At, in the last nine games, mm-hmm. at Patriots, at 49ers, who will be better no. by the time they play. By the time they play, no. they'll be better, no. not great. No. Then you have I the Eagles. The Eagles. The we already Saints. established that with Lombardi early on in the show. Eagles but. at home. Eagles at Saints. Home Packers at Cowboys uh, versus uh, Deadskins versus the, or at the Jets. Uh, the other they get the visiting locker room right. and the Cowboys. 
That's a lot of offense that they've got to play in those nine, last nine weeks. A lot. They're going to have to score a lot of points. And you're talking about the team that – how about this? They led the NFL in turnovers, and they also led the NFL in forced turnovers. If they can somehow get 42 turnovers and turn it into 25 – they got a chance to win 10 or 11 games. It's possible, though. I mean, it's that's possible. Like, don't forget. I mean, it's you possible. know, you know, you know, this 2007. I know. Week 16 at they Buffalo. Were at Buffalo. They you remember? Were, you remember? I was screaming Pat my head Han- off. Pat Hanlon of the Giants was going crazy because Sterling went on our pregame show. We were in San Francisco. For, yeah. For San Francisco against Cincinnati. Yep. And um, both teams, we were calling it the U-Haul game because both teams were done week 16, essentially, wow. to kick off week 16. We were there. And um, they, he essentially said that the Giants are done. They're off a cliff. And Pat Hanlon was going crazy. They won in Buffalo. They, they, they turned week 17. They, they, they completely turned around everything in that game. Made the playoffs. In the back end of that game. Made the playoffs. Like the right. And then week 17. They lost, it was the best loss they've ever had. Ever. Ever. It's the best loss maybe anybody's well, we were ever on the had. Field. We were on the field that it night. It was incredible. And I knew. I Against knew. the Patriots. It was different. It was weird. One of it the was best bizarre. games ever. Both teams just great. playing for pride right it there. It was man. just a Playing played. for history. They playing for pride. Played. It was fantastic. It was Swapping great. paint from the first minute. It was great. Brady goes up top to Randy Moss to set the record. Yeah. Right, Get 50 touchdowns. Yeah. It was quite a night. It was one of the great nights So there. why can't the Giants go ahead they and... Can. and, and, and and recapture magic just when you think. I'm not saying they you know, can't. Amukamara's out for six weeks. They it's, don't have all these guys on the corners. Look, I think. How are they going to score all team, these points? For any team in this league. Jets are on the. Uh, Jets are more. Uh, I get more ink in that town than the Giants. It's all good. They're under the radar, That's all bro. Good. That's all good. I understand that. And they I might think even, and hold think, a minute. We just spent. Hold on a minute. I'm not even done. We just spent 20 minutes chatting with Lavar Arrington about the Redskins because to me the Redskins are more of a, an interesting national story because of who they've got at, at coaching and who they've got as the owner who handed the reins over to who's coaching. What are they going to do at the quarterback position? They're a mess of quarterback. Everybody talks Dallas. Everybody obviously good. talks Dream Team. It's you good. are the fourth. I know. Most talked about team in the it's NFC good. East. I'm 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 good. I'm good with it. I'm just I just go by face value and what I see and what I have seen right. over the years. Give me a Super Bowl prediction. God, that is so How good. about that one? Dan Patrick's been asking me for one. Good Lord. I've got a few more days to delay cuz I first I can't we got to figure out first we got to figure out which team in each conference is from the dead will come up and steal a playoff spot and have a good year. Well, That's a lot the of people first thing. think Detroit. I think Detroit's going to be what pretty good. What they did last That's a tougher division week to though, New man. England. They've got the pass rush. Yeah. As you know, that's what essentially won you your Super but Bowl. But you know what their problem? You know what it is. They didn't fix their offensive line. They did not fix their tackle problem, their issue with their, with their tackles. And if he, if Stafford can't stay up straight. That's a problem. I know. Are, but if he, does, if he does, if he does, if he does. If they, they, can win t- they can win 10 games. I think they can. Yeah. And I know so many it's, people are high on them. It's very like, difficult for me to say I, I that, think, but I think I, they can. I think the Packers are probably. Now, think about this. The Packers won the Super Bowl. And we talked about injuries, and, and the Giants, and every team has them. And Arizona got nipped pretty good. Um, it's hard to lose good football players in the preseason for the whole year. You look at the Packers. They lost 14 starters. Am I correct? Last year? Hmm. 14 guys went on, the, uh, went on IR that, had, that contributed to that team, and yet they won the Super Bowl. They're going to get all those guys back. And Aaron Rodgers... And they're going to have a confidence and a swagger about them the way they play this year. 
that the Giants had and other teams had. When you come off a Super Bowl, you feel like you are you will find a way to win a tough game, a game that you should win, right. but you're struggling. Those those teams have this inner thing. Pittsburgh has it. We are better than this team, and we will find a way to win those games. Right. They're going to win twelve or thirteen. I think. Pittsburgh. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win the Super Bowl again too. Oh, Packers. I do. They're, 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 again, they. But every time you think that, I mean. Well, look at the divisions. The Bears are not any better than last year. The Bears were fortunate last year to get where they got. They got an easy draw in the playoffs. Huge break, right? Mm-hmm. They won a lot of games because of their special teams and their defense. They've always had issues of consistency and injuries with that defense. Mm-hmm. Their quarterback play is awful because of their their line is still terrible. Minnesota is a they have to kind of rework things a little bit. In Minnesota, I don't believe in five anymore. And the Lions are the Lions could finish second. They're going to win the division. Packers will win the division. The South is great. South is awesome. South is a great great division. I like the Falcons. I like the Falcons too. I feel it, but I wonder what how they how do you get what what is Dimitrov and, and Smith? What did they pick from that game against? The Packers said, "What do we need to? Do? What do we need to do to get better? Go get Julio Jones and score more points. Go score more points and go get some defensive backs. Go get well, not just that. They go get Ray Edwards. Yeah. Go, let's go get somebody who yeah. can put a quarterback on. They're going to be good. They're going to be good. Anytime you have a quarterback that like who has good, good head on his shoulders, mm-hmm. like Matt Ryan, you're always in it. I feel like he's about to take a big God. leap. He's about to take a big leap. Julio, Julio and I like player, Atlanta. Man. I like Atlanta maybe to come out of the NFC." Could be. Know. Could be. I don't know. I'm still formulating. Uh, what AFC. about the AFC? AFC. Steelers are so good. Okay, man. you know, because they, the they they they, a... they really beat up on the Falcons. They, I they, like it. They're like they're winging it. Super consistent, and they've got injuries too. They got two huge well, injuries. Marquise in the, in went their, down, and they're and they're defensive backfield. They got two two big injuries. Yeah, I, I think I think you know what mm-hmm. you talk about the team mm-hmm. that under the radar, no one's talking about them. They've had their chances. Chargers. I know, I know. It's it's ridiculous. But when you don't, they they led the NFL in defense and offense last year. If they had any special teams play, I know they would have won twelve games. So you like the Chargers this year? They might. You they're like going to go to the NFL. They might go to the AFC Championship game against two. Maybe against Pittsburgh. Well, if they go New to England's, Pittsburgh, that's a different story now. New England's pretty good again. Of you're, course, you're, the Jets are. Please, the Jets are are interesting. I think. You know they need to get better. They need to get home games now. They, now, granted, I know. Well, that's the whole thing. If they got to win their division, right? And I think, and that's why Rex Ryan. I don't know if you heard this, whether you, whether you were in Winnipeg or whatever. But they, Rex, in his first press conference or second one this fall, I mean this summer, invited the rest of the league to beat the Patriots. Uh, it's funny because he I said because he said you know he beat them last year. And so did his brother. Right. Those were the two regular season losses. And then the only people to beat the Patriots last year were a Ryan coached team. So he invited the rest of the league to go, I guess, do him a favor, give the Patriots a couple more losses so the Jets can win their division. Now, Sanchez needs to he, – he's got to avoid that mid, mid-season mid swoon that he's had his first two years. He's got to start completing 60% of his passes. Well, he, he – you know, he's started out last few years guns of fire. Yep. And then mid-season, it just went south. And now there's no Brad Smith to run the pistol yeah. and get that offensive kickstart when, when the offense is not clicking. 
So I took that to mean that they realized that this is the Huggies are coming off of Sanchez. Smith, they can let go for that side of that money while they were waiting on Namdi. They have a new Huggy, though. And who's, 17. Well, Plex, if he could stay healthy. Yep. If he's healthy. Mm-hmm. And he's the because plex, he's unguardable. And he's the pl- I mean, inside he's the twenty, just flip it up, right? Unguardable. He just no one can. If throw it up there, he's just going to get it. He's, he's a just major red zone asset. Oh sure, major sure, huge. How great is this? That, oh, t- this, well, it's all going to play out starting in two weeks, bro. Yeah, it's all coming Fantastic. out in the wash here. Yeah, and and we're going to get some answers to questions. I, I think in the AFC, it's hard not because you know you know how we feel, feel about Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Tired of tired of Pittsburgh. Hey man, that defense is really something else, and they got a Hall of Famer coordinating it, and they've got a heck of a head coach. Yeah. And that quarterback, he's he he could he could throw for forty five hundred yards. They play this the year. type of football he that could wins. throw for forty five hundred. No, and, and they play the type of football that wins big games in January. They're just, I mean, Rashard Mendenhall. They basically need him every now and then. Yep. Maybe inside the ten. Yep. Maybe. But other than that, Ben is just going to roll out, see if you can put him down, all eight feet of him. Yeah. Twice uh, this week, because you didn't see the preseason games, I'm sure, while you were in Canada. I saw a few. Rolling to his left. Oh, rolling to his left and throwing. Left. Now, that's the whole concept, is get him out of the pocket, roll him against the grain, and see what he can do. He makes He's rolling to his left. I'm telling you, man. They're going to be tough. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Now, maybe in November and December... That'll be an issue. How do, you, how do you throw it to Antonio Brown 70 yards? How do you throw it to Mike Wallace or Emmanuel Sanders? Those speed burners. How do you throw it when it's, you know, 20 degrees, wind chill, five? Yeah. Um, week one in Baltimore. How fantastic. I mean, that is going to be when they play each other. Oh, I mean, that is like, man. it's like an MMA oh, so fight. Close. We're so close. I know. We it's great. So close. It's, it, we have college this weekend. Which, oh, yeah. I got to ask you what, are your, what about your you? Oh. Uh, they're gonna. They, they, as someone they, they who has do, followed this team right. since the since 1977, and saw them almost lose the program in 1978 because no one there was no interest. Right. And to see the how out of nowhere Howard Schnellenberger took them from dust into glory, and Jimmy and they just went on and on and on for 25 years. How. The administration did not know what was going on, how there is a smoking gun. There's a picture of the former secretary of education, now the no, president human services. of the yeah, uh, health, and human uh, services. health and human services and the president of the university with a check looking down like in glee, holding it mm-hmm. and not knowing what's going on. She's culpable. They're all culpable. It would be if this was not, if there wasn't so much money on the table that it would affect so many other programs within the ACC. Hey, man, that can't get, be an excuse. They would get that the can't be an excuse. They would get, that you, now, what, you're going to hurt the rest now, of the ACC because you, you, put, you take Miami off of television? Not, hang on. not everything's been corroborated. Let's just say that. But when, if, if and when they have a smoking gun, they have someone who spoke. Which is rare in the whole, all these NCAA cases. Right? How do you not tell them you're going away? What How a, do you not tell them to go? Uh, no TV, fifty scholarships lost automatically. Remember, you're talking about seventy players allegedly. If you take USC, USC had if one. you take you well, well, they also had OJ Mayo too. That that's the two, two things together. Right, we'll I mean, two. you had two big two, time profile athletes in two sports. Seventy three. 
Right, two. right. No, that, there's no question. There's no question. And USC fans are sitting on pins and needles to see what happens with Ohio and State. Ohio State and, and the U. Okay, they they want to see because they got slapped down for a couple of years. Um, man, that's the worst nightmare. A Ponzi schemer in your program. A Ponzi schemer. That's the that's the worst. Not nightmare. like some some guy like who has money. No, it's a Ponzi schemer. <laughs> I mean, that's you know. And the best part about it is nightmare. this guy now uh, again. His uh, his believability, right? Because he's a convicted felon and serving and a, twenty a liar. years and a liar, and he, the 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 back end of that. Oh, you ought to see what's going on in the SEC. Yeah, you know, that's the best part about this. You think it's bad? It's worse in the SEC. And that, by the way, here's another prediction. The it's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen this year. At some point down the line, in my opinion, Cam Newton will be stripped of the Heisman Trophy. Oh yeah, yeah. Auburn will be stripped of the national title. There's no doubt, and they're going to go on probation. There's, there is a smoking gun in that case, which has been floating around in the southern media the last couple of weeks. And if and when that comes up, it's just going to be, they're all going to, call, they're all going to, they're just going to do what they've always done. They're going to in that league, they're going to point fingers. When the whole thing happened at Alabama a few years ago, and the Tennessee guys got involved. And the coaching staff got there. It was all pointing fingers. I hear you, but it's nothing's crazy. nothing's going to touch your you. That's it. Oh, they're going. That's I, the standard by which shocked. by I, which I'd be the NCAA will be measured for years well, to not, come. They they have a choice. They have a choice. If they want to start and do something that's correct and good for the for college athletics, they will say, "This is the way it's going to be. You're going down. You're going down for X amount of time, and you got to restart." If they're going to get any traction. And then go ahead and somehow change these rules somehow. Oh, the, the whole. Uh, I don't, if we, you, we, don't, way, we don't even way, have a podcast my, time for that. My but. favorite one. Do you know they just allowed? It's in the manual. Mm-hmm. They just allowed that the colleges can give their players peanut butter, jelly, butter, and cream cheese for their for bagels. It, originally, those condiments were illegal. They were, I swear, they were illegal. <laughs> Sounds that, like Chris Cooley's sandwich. That is... Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. That, that, the, whole, the whole thing needs to be completely reformed. The players get screwed on it. You know, you could say what you want, but the, when you're told you can't have a job... Right. You get a scholarship, but you can't have a job in the summertime. What are you supposed to do? What are they supposed to do? These kids are not from middle... Most of them are not from middle class, two-family homes. A lot of these kids are not. I know. And they need God, it's such they a mess. Need what support. a mess. It's a mess. Uh, how do I get you on during the regular season? Well, it depends on what day of the week you're on. Uh, as we established early on, yeah. this is a week-long venture putting these things together. Okay. Well, you just call me up. So the we'll question is, is, is... It depends on what day of the week it is and if it's a Champions most League Most likely a Tuesday. It depends on what day. Oh, well, if it's just me, we got to say. Most likely a Tuesday. We got so some... I want you regularly. Yeah. I mean, I can have you once a month. Yeah. Oh, that's that's always going to happen because we we're always cool. have. We always have. Do I need a, to give Shanks a call? No, no, we're, okay, I think we're, okay. we're fine. As long as we promote, and by the way, we should promote. Let's do it. What Let's promote mm-hmm. the the English Premier League, which is the NFL of the rest of the world. Yes, the most popular sports league on the planet. It is oh, uh, just on the planet. Dude, I hear you. Com- is double power here? Mm-hmm. Okay, we have three times in the fall, starting September eighteenth mm-hmm. on the Fox single header days, week two of the NFL week season. Week two of the NFL season. So in your local market. You might be getting a local, like a, you might be getting an NFC game, right? Either at one o'clock or four o five, okay, depending on your market. Eastern time. We, on the Fox Soccer side, are going to be filling the rest of that day. 
We on, on Big Fox. On Big Fox, huge EPL clash. Mm-hmm. Chelsea v. Manchester United. Awesome. They will be on delay. It'll be live on Fox Soccer in the morning at normal, mm-hmm. the normal time at 11 a.m. And then on Big Fox. And then Big Fox will re-air it either from 2 to 4 if there you go. have a late game or 4.30 to 6.30. And as you know, on our international podcast here, because we're, we're talking oh, internationally they here, love it. All, all, the, all the folks in the U.K. who download this. Yeah. This is big news for them when they're, it's live, obviously. Well, they get to watch it live. I know. That's their thing. They get to watch it Okay. And uh, Chris Law is our uh, podcast producer. Are you there, Chris? You got a, you got a, yourself a microphone there? Sorry, I didn't mean to surprise you. I didn't mean to. By the way, yeah, I, I hate to bring this one up. Do, yeah. Can you guys beat Notre Dame? Dude. Because if you don't beat Notre Dame, Notre Dame is going to win 11 games. I, I don't know. We'll see. They're going to go. They're going to go. go some there you go. Game. There's uh, Chris Law. I, I don't know. I mean, it's Hoka, we, already, we already established with LeVar Arrington, this Hokamania. I love way, Brady. I, I love Brady Hoke. I love, I love what he's bringing. I love the attitude that yep. he's bringing. We don't have to teach him yeah. about the history of the school and, and, and certain aspects of the program. Right. And I am. It's just, can can he button up that defense? I mean, that defense the last three years well, is an abomination. Takes an time, abomination. Man. And does he have the horses? But I think mentally, just in terms of laying down the culture, yeah. him and Greg Madison are going to improve that defense yeah. just by that alone. The yeah. question is, do they have the horses to truly button it up? And and uh, we'll find out. We'll find out under the lights. Michigan State. Is Stadium, that the first, first time ever? Ever night game. Oh, first ever night kickoff. Yes. I mean, it's happened that where where dusk. Right. No. Hits. No. Of course. I mean, yes. Obviously, once the, yes. The time first time changed. ever. Time. Time. Boom! Lights, Michigan. How's that, is, that, is that bad for the? Is it a good oh, thing? Bad, bad thing? I can't I don't wait know. to see it. Uh, it's it's called twenty first. The Cubs it's even played Great Lakes games. Road. It's coming out at night. Twenty first century. That's what it's called. Great Lakes Road and coming out at night. I just don't know what it's going to be like. Is Chris Law? You're you're a Penn State guy, right? Absolutely. You're the one who hooked Lavar up on this program. Let's be honest. By the way, you've been you've, you've, you've you been know, wanting Lavar on this program for 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 months. From from day one, I good wanted two, two okay. things about Lavar. Yeah. Had the greatest tackle in college football history, if you remember. I think it was against, against Illinois. It was against the, the we was call it, it the LeVar Leap. Huh. He, he leaped over the line of scrimmage and beheaded. It was on fourth down, too. It was un. The athleticism on the in that play was through the roof. One of the greatest tackles of all time. And it's unfortunate. His career ended as a giant. He ripped his Achilles, Achilles yeah. in Dallas. And he was having. Okay. A, a, uh, he was having an all-pro start. Those first couple of games, was that first game or second game that year? Might have been second game. He was just running. He was, he was back. Uh, Lavar Arrington was back, his, and then he blew his Achilles. His, and it was his over. freshman year at Penn State, oh. he was on the kickoff team, mm. and he was that guy that you would just watch kickoffs for because he would come down and crush someone. He, he blew people. He was some athlete, man alive, unbelievable. It was good to have him on the show. He's doing very well down there in, uh, in he's DC well Radio. Guy. He's, he's, guy. Guy. he's great. Yeah. He's, 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 he's great to listen to down there. I want to thank Michael Lombardi. I want to thank you, ah, Lombardi, for coming Kara Henderson. Next week we're back on television. Back on the dish. Back on television. Yep. And our kickoff show. Let's do some housekeeping here. Okay. Kickoff uh, show. Our kickoff show is going to be Wednesday night, I believe, after America's Game premieres. I believe. I'm not sure. Do you know who's doing the uh, voiceover for America's Game, for the Packers' America's Game? Oh, Monk. No. Wrong. Because he's a big fan. Is he? Tony, Tony Shalhoub's a big Packer fan. Tony Shalhoub from Green that. Bay. I didn't know you that. Knew that. We had him on. That's true. That's true. I forgot that. He's from Green Bay. Uh, he no. actually is from Green Bay. Grew you're, up in Green Bay. You're a Madman fan, right? Oh, huge. John Slattery. Oh, 
Oh, fantastic. Roger Sterling oh, is doing the... Uh, I think it's Rogers, Mike McCarthy, and Charles Woodson are the three three characters. They're back in May, in March next year. Uh, March 12th, 12th, I believe. Um, And uh, uh, we're doing a a Dave Douglas, the producer at NFL Films. Oh, yeah. Uh, We're going to do a bonus podcast with him this week. On on the making of the 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 America's game. Yep, that premieres September 7th. Love that. So we got a a double double whammy podcast week. Uh, And our kickoff show. You want to hear who the guests are? Who's on the kickoff show? Here we go. Uh, Adam Carolla in studio. Funny, super funny car guy. I will be hooked up, uh, man cave to man cave with Dan Patrick. Oh yeah, he see him. Those pictures, like He's taking a, taking the dr- the uh, the drill. Oh yes, the drill. Yeah, I love his show. <laughs> Dan Patrick's radio uh, show is fantastic. Watch and listen. Yes, and he blazed the trail for something like this. Oh, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Uh, Dan Patrick, my man cave to his. His is a little bit more uh, polished. I got a shower curtain. Um, we and can hit golf balls into, into our show. I would love to hit yes. golf balls. And uh, leading off the podcast in person, uh, I'm traveling to go see him. Where, really? Tom Brady. Wait, wait. How do you... Tom Brady. How do you put that on the podcast? How do you pod from a, a remote Dude, spot? we are breaking ground. I told you it's a whole new it, you NFL network. And you are making fun of me. I, and this is a, a process. Hey. This is like, you think I just come in here, flip the lights on or the microphone. And 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 just it it just happens. Did you did you this actually takes preparation, what, can I, can I, I, man? I, I, did you have to order through Bed Bath and Beyond the shower curtain? I don't know. Spoon is the one who, who hooked that up. I don't. I don't know. Um, I like Bed Bath and Beyond. But at any rate, so that's that's the kickoff. They have show. good. They have good. They have good pepper. Shakers. That's the kickoff show. Yeah. And then every week after well, just that, call. I'll call in. We've got Thursday nights, uh, Thursday afternoons at four thirty p.m. Eastern. That's when the podcast will debut on right. NFL Network throughout the entire football season. Right. 4.30 p.m. Eastern. And then there's a Friday re-airing at 2.30 p.m. Eastern. Fabulous. And then Saturday night, 12.30. Post-college football. Smart. Good programming there. Oh. Our Kaiser, Kaiser, doing, you know, Kaiser get, and, Kaiser and getting, Lawrence Randall. Sir Lawrence and Randall. Smart. Um, so, yeah. That's the way it's working. Wow. Well, just have, you know, if I can't get in, just call. Uh, it's better to see I understand, but sometimes I just have to vent. Especially if they, they uh, lay an egg after week one. Against the Redskins, they shouldn't. They, they own them. They should. They should go down there and take care of business. But it's week one. It's week one. Who knows? Are you going to pull a string and get Beckham on for us or anything? Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe get him. Uh, yeah, Beckham. can you get can you get Bex? Um, because Law can work on Posh. We you, can. You need to work on Bex. I, I mean, who are you? Del Tufo wants Posh. He. I want to tell you. And something. he's not talking about the podcast. I'd say when he finally get to him right. through the layers. Yeah. He's really a. He's actually pretty. He's a good guest, dude. He really is I'm, good. I wasn't throwing the name out. I know. Willy nilly. Neither was Chris Law. We I mean, exactly. Yeah. Get, can you get Bex? Can you get us Bex? Come on, man. I have to. He's an LA Galaxy, oh, right? This is a physical challenge for worms. It was. It's a, it is a physical is challenge. This is it. No, this is it. This is it. That's oh, your. We'll that's see. another one of your jobs. Get us Bex. And you, you sir, you Chris Law, you're working on Snooky, aren't you? We uh, <laughs> we're on the you are. That's we, serious. We we uh, in, uh, in studio in person in on this studio. podcast. Yes, it's Snooki. Uh, Snooki. Me and Snooki. You and you and Snooki. Staten Islander uh, to Jersey Shore. Uh, you guys are gonna God. have a lot of. Forget you, about it. Forget about it, dude. How did she handle that? How did she, we, how, we, how did, dude? Snooki is gonna again. What is this? <laughs> takes time. This takes effort. This takes focus. What are you gonna talk to Snooki about? Who cares? What the hell are you going to talk to? She's Snooki a huge about? Jets fan. Oh, really? A huge Jets fan. 
Uh, okay. Uh, uh, you wouldn't watch that? Snooki? You wouldn't tune in to NFL Network to watch me talk Jets uh, with honestly, Snooki? Honestly, I, 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 don't, I have not you watched wouldn't. one episode of that thing. I, you wouldn't. No, I, you I, would not. You're flipping through. You're flipping through. There's Popeat. There's, you know, food, Law food, and Order. Food, like food there's truck races. Monk, and there's me sitting with Snooki on NFL Network. I'm going to say, who is that person in leather? I won't be wearing leather that night. No, no, actually, the person is in leather. Is she like in complete leather, like body leather? All right, let's get to uh, let's get to the end of this podcast. Uh, thanks, Chris Del Tufo. You just got to be at your post all the time. It's just that simple. I mean, I, I know that they, we, they, there's just Kick it's just that simple. I understand. There's I lots know. going on. I it's I, I was weak. Your, but I was your management. I understand that there that there's management types that are up the flow chart that need your presence there more than me. I understand my I understand the pecking order. I get it. But when this thing's taping, when we've got the room, we got to have you. I know. I was, I'm was. got to have you. My lack of being in the right position. But I was actually working on kickoff, so I was, um, right. I'm weak one. I'm sorry, Rich. Thanks, Worm. Thank you, Rich. You bet. That's Jason Wormser, Chris Law, Mike Del Tufo, everybody, uh, everybody who is scrambling to make the microphone I'm, I'm using work. Uh, that's it. We'll see you next week or later this week on the Rich Eisen Podcast. Yep. Peace out. Stay listening, friends.